bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of a judgment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. If you haven't heard, we have breaking news from the WTMJ. Uh, I guess you can call it the Breaking News Center with Wyatt Barmore-Pooley. That's right, Dr. Ken. The Milwaukee Bucks have fired Coach Mike Budenholzer after his fifth season in Milwaukee ended in a first-round loss to the Miami Heat despite finishing with the league's best overall record. Wow. So that just broke. He had one year left on his contract, and I guess they decided to let him go. Does anybody know how much his contract was worth? I don't have that here right now. It's coming in just real quickly. It was from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski with ESPN. Uh, reporting his firing, and uh, it seems to be the playoff success. That's what people are talking about here is that that's what did him in. Uh, Despite winning the NBA championship in one of his five years, the lack of success in the playoffs culminating in this year, that was it. And so are they really saying that the win was a fluke when they won? or There's been some complaints both online and in terms of uh, like people analyzing the team about uh, Coach Bud's ability to, well, coach during the postseason and adjust <laughs> to uh, adjust during series. So I, I would imagine that's a large part of it. Yes, it is. Well, thank you much. I appreciate it. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley from the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Coach Bud is trying to think of a good one, but there's no way to say it. He's gone. Fired. Adios. Sayonara. See you later. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. All that. All those things. Um he is no longer the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. I guess they waited till his last year. Um, I guess they telegraphed that one, right? It was, <laughs> it was coming. Um, so in the studio today, first of all, welcome back in the studio today. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I got one more thing to do before. Um, haven't gotten any information in on it. There's, let me check my email before I say that. Uh, there's no new update. Um, Milwaukee Police Department is asking the public's help in locating a missing critical. Blessing Reynolds Taylor, last seen 3500 Black and North Sherman, 1212 this afternoon. Uh, Reynolds Taylor is described as a black female, one year old, 
26 pounds, 30 to 40 inches tall. Last seen wearing a frozen jacket, Green Bay Packer t-shirt, pink leggings with white Converse style shoes. Uh, Call Sensitive Crimes at 414-935-7405 or CIB Criminal Investigation Bureau at 935-7360 if it's after 12 midnight. So make sure if you're in the Sherman Park area, make sure you are looking and watching and being attentive. And now's the time to follow the adage, see something, say something. So in the studio, we have, um, I don't know how to describe her. Uh, because I know I'm, I'm not a giver of, um, compliments of, of, <laughs> see, see how people do you, I'm, I'm not a giver of, of supporting astrological signs, but there is a couple of them that when you go, Oh, they're a boop, you know, right. And when you're a Taurus, I'm going to tell you, Ooh. are you a Taurus? No. Pisces. Libra. Libra. That's even worse. It's worse. That's even more. Libras are balanced, calm. We're cool. Are we talking about this? Anyway, yes, we are. No, we not. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, seriously. Um, somebody I I perceive, you know, she may I may not be her friend, but I perceive <laughs> to be a friend because I've watched her when I came to Milwaukee when she was working as a reporter and anchor and just doing great things in the city and representing. Thank when you. She, when she was the only one representing. Remember that. Back well, in the day, it might have been maybe two, maybe three. Well, but Carol was still here. Carol. Well, but Carol's Carol. You know, Carol's like Milwaukee. Right. 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 She got here like a year before me. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was interesting. My guest today, Vivian King, um, who who now can't be described as a former reporter because you don't never get that out your blood. I um, know. You really don't. But she's more of a more of a. I would have to call her a cultural investigator, you know. Oh, I like that. I right. like that. And so, and so, I've watched you, and your your story scares me <laughs> because I don't Why? know because I don't know if I would have the temerity, the fire, the power to laugh through all that. That was your your story mm. is significant. Your your story is is humbling. Not because it happened, but because people watch you and watched it happen. Right. Didn't have to live through it, but then saw you do that. And so everybody thought they was tough. Everybody <laughs> thought they, they had it, kind of went, oh, okay. And kind of did the bow down. <laughs> okay, I give. Cause. And so you've, you've, you have gone through health issues, mm-hmm. um, mental health issues, physical issues, which is everything everybody else did, but they do it privately. You thank God did it publicly where you were able to present yourself and say, look, this is, these are the things we need to do and then use it as a, as a, uh, as a, I'm trying to think of the best word as a, as one of the, it, it was, well, see, cause you know, it was, it was something that you stepped into, but it was also a pillar because it also held you up too. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were able to do those things. You wrote a book. I could go on and on and on. But what I want to know is, where did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. I want some of that. <laughs> Wait, and I just was having a conversation with somebody who was talking about um, their friends in 
UW at UW Madison, and they were saying how they're from Brookfield, but when they're in Madison, they say they're from Milwaukee. Right. And so, you right. know, she was like, that's odd to me. Is it? <laughs> no, that's, people, she was saying that. People say they're from Chicago, but they're really not from Chicago. They're I, from like Bolingbrook. Well, right. And so then I was thinking, well, I'm, I'm from St. Louis, but I actually grew from up St. in. From St. Louis. I actually grew up in University City, which is like a Wauwatosa, really? right. you know, to like Wauwatosa right. is to Milwaukee, you know. Is that UC. the one that's close to uh, Washington University, to mm-hmm. Washu? Yep. Yeah. So it's like. He, Been yeah. there quite a few times. Oh, bougie right. you. Oh, bougie up. you. Not as bougie as some other places. <laughs> but it's like St. Louis. It's still in St. Louis County. So I feel like I yeah, am from St. Louis. Yeah, you grew up in St. Louis. And, and right. And my yeah. mom and. And dad grew up in St. Louis, yeah. and my grandmothers, you know, lived. My gr- grandparents lived. All right, I take lived. all that stuff back. She's from St. Louis, so we, <laughs> I take all that stuff back. I take all that stuff back. And so, and so growing up, you went to high school there. I went to high school. University I know recently City you ran into somebody that actually remembered you from high school. Yes, yeah. that was really, yes, that was really, I went to, um, Right. I've been to two different conferences where I ran into one. I ran into one of my high school classmates right? and who I didn't know she pledged AKA just recently. So Mm -hmm. she was here at the AKA conference. And And, and you're a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. (laughs) And then I ran into a high school classmate who I think she graduated a year before me. She was the tech Mm -hmm. person at this conference. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh, look at you. It's just a small world. You know, people say small walkie, but like it is really a small world. St. Louis is small, yeah. Because everybody at Illinois State University was either from St. Louis or Chicago. Right, right. Very few people were from in between. And so you went to high school there Mm -hmm. and then you graduated and went to that other journalism school that I'm not going to name. I'm not going to say the the name. The best journalism school in the country. (laughs) Other than Medill at Northwestern? I think not, Mom. Wait. Okay, Columbia, Columbia, Columbia right. okay. Mizzou, uh-huh. and Northwestern are always in the top three. Have right, always been in the top I, I, three. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Always. I'll give you that. <laughs> so give you stop. Because Chicago, like everybody in the media in Chicago, like went to Columbia or they went to Northwestern or they went to Mizzou. Yep. Exactly. Very true. So, you know. Very true. So you graduated <laughs> from there and then you went to college. Yeah, went to yeah, graduated from U City, went to college, went, went to, to Mizzou. And then And then I went to my first job. Which was where? Ghost Breath, Idaho. <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> Alexandria, Louisiana. Oh Lord. In central Louisiana. And they called it Sin La for short. Yeah. And they used to have this big celebration. Their own little summer fest was called Sin Labration. <laughs> so, wow. I used to work with this woman. She was uh, from there, and her name was Ethma Odom. Mm. And she did, like, a cooking show, like a little cultural show. She wow. was this tall woman with red hair. She was wow. – it was interesting. I, I had to do um, the weather. <laughs> you serious? I'm serious. The so green I, screen, blue screen thing? The oh, green wow. screen. I had to, you know, go through the wires to find wow. out what the – the, I had to do the agriculture report, the wow. soybean futures, and <laughs> wow. all of that. I remember my best friend at the time came to visit me, and we drove to New Orleans. And so it was, it's a three-hour drive from Alexandria to New Orleans. And we're driving, and she's like, stop the car. 
And I said, what? I have never seen cotton in person. Wow. <laughs> wow. So the so the funny thing was, you know, like in kindergarten, you know, your teachers would bring a cotton stalk. Right. right. And that's like. That was it. That was it. Like we didn't have cotton fields in wow. Missouri. <laughs> so, or Illinois for that matter. But, or Illinois, yeah. right. When we come back, I want I want to hear what your trek was from Alexandria, Louisiana to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. We're talking to Vivian King. She is the author of the book. Let me see your book. book. When the words suddenly stop. Finding my voice again after a massive stroke. We'll talk about that too. And more. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. More of the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017TheTruth.com. This is the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017TheTruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Kip. You're not supposed to be dancing to the music. You're supposed to be talking. But when the music is on, what do you... Can't help yourself, can you? Right. That's, that hey, was my chick. That was like yeah, back was in the day yes, in yes. college. We used to yes. two-step to that. You know, you know the, the Kansas funny, City two-step. That's not, called stepping in Chicago. You know, well, it's different. Outside. I know. I know. I right. Know. Oh, yeah. There's a Kansas City two-step. Which, I know. Don't nobody know Kansas City oh, nothing. I know, that right? Missouri, <laughs> that Missouri thing. Come on now. Come yeah, on It now. was just a few people. Meanwhile, everybody it. under like 45 have no idea what we're talking about. That's true. And that's a wonderful thing. Too. I love to have conversations <laughs> that don't nobody know what you're talking about. They'd be like, what is that? What is that? And so speaking of what is that, you, you, you left Missouri. You got your first job in Goat's Breath, Louisiana. <laughs> Also known as Alexandria. (laughs) Um, And how did you make it all the way to Milwaukee? I'm not going to ask you how long it was because, you know, they don't know how old you were. Right. So, yeah, thank you. (laughs) I had a couple of stops before then. I went to, after Alexandria, I went to Tyler, Texas, which is in East Texas. And then I went to Battle Creek, Michigan. Know it well. Do you? Yes. Why? Detroit. Oh, Um, okay. And then... Hang out in Grand Rapids. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that market is like a, a um, hybrid market or yes. hyphenated, and right. it's Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, about correct. Right. And so you know, I worked for the for Wood TV's 
bureau in Battle Creek, and we covered Battle Creek and and, um, Kalamazoo. And then, so I worked there with, um, well, not with, but opposite, Lenise Weeks. Do you remember Lenise Weeks? And so Lenise went to college. Lenise was at Mizzou for grad school Mm -hmm. while I was in undergrad. And that's when we met and became friends. And so she recommended me for the job in Michigan. Mm -hmm. So I went and then she came to Milwaukee and then she says, oh, there's an education reporter position open. I'll recommend you for that. And so she's like, I got that. And that's how I got to Milwaukee. Wow. And she would always joke, may she rest in peace. She would always joke that the next job was on me. Mm. (laughs) Look at you. But we didn't get to it. So I miss her. Well, yes, you did. Yes, you did. She saw it in you, you know, and, and that's what mentoring is for. That's what, yeah. that's what, um, you know, you don't know your, your days are numbered, but mm-hmm. all you can do today is help the one, Yes, you know, and, and just like most places in media and, you know, public service or business, you know, that mm-hmm. one person sees in you that you, something you don't see in you and say, Hey, come on right. come with me. And right. that's the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. She was a sponsor for you. Yeah. You know. She was. Now, she was Greek, wasn't she? She was. She was a Delta. That's what I thought. And so the thing is, she used to tell this joke, or she used to tell this story, I should say. Uh, She was like, I was on Mizzou's campus, fresh from New York, because she's from Queens, Jamaica, Queens. She got that. Yeah, she had that that (laughs) voice. And she says, and then I heard, she says, I put on my Delta gear, and then I heard, ooh, there's a soror. And it was Vivian King. (laughs) See? (laughs) And so she wasn't going home for um, Thanksgiving that year, so Mm -hmm. I invited her to St. Louis, so she came home with me. And then um, after Christmas, me, well, another Sora and I went to New York and hung out with her. So we had wow, a, nice. We had fun. It was fun. My first trip to New York. And so you made it to Milwaukee. I what made was it your to first day like? I was covering. Um, well, my I was covering. I, I had to cover a, a homicide basically because mm-hmm. I was working on the Cause weekends. Because that's, that's the education beat, right? <laughs> homicide. Oh, okay. So, so you see sometimes so, so, so how back in were, the day, it's you, you like, okay, you're education reporter, you but we need you. To, right. <laughs> so, yes, I remember that. And I remember the, um, the former sheriff who was a lieutenant at the time was a lieutenant mm-hmm. on duty. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember that day like it was yesterday. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? And so you worked your way through, and what what was your most pleasant time as a as a street reporter? Because you know that's where you cut your teeth yeah. in media. You know, I just really think that um, just hanging out with the other reporters from the other stations mm-hmm. because you know people, you know, our bosses are like, okay, we're competitors, we're competitors, but you know, you become right. friends, right? And so, you know, it was just like hanging, staking out, you know, being on a stakeout, you know, Standing waiting for somebody buildings, to, <laughs> knocking on doors, Can we waiting wait for somebody to come through, yeah, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And just chit chatting and yeah. people, you know, we would be on stakeout sometimes and people were like, OK, what do we want for lunch? Who's going to make a run? I mean, it was just stuff like that. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. And so then how, how, how did it transition to you becoming an anchor? You know, this um, this this reporter, right. young lady, girl, 
yeah, it think was, you're grown, but kind of, you know, oh my gosh, I'm really doing this? And all of a sudden you're an anchor. Yeah, you know? so yeah. I, um, Linda Brashears left mm-hmm. and we they were doing fill-ins. And so I was filling in and I, I think I filled in for like six months. <laughs> and then in December, they were like, well, we're going to go a different direction. Wow. <laughs> so, so they went a different direction mm-hmm. and that's when Amy Taylor came in. Right. And so people were like, aren't you mad at Amy? And I was like, no, I was like, I, I don't know Amy yet. Right. <laughs> right I mean, right. like it's not her. Not Amy, Amy applied for a job. And that's what I said. Amy applied for a job just like I did, right. you know? And so they're but like, that's the nature of media. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you, you sign a contract. It's a, it's an at-will contract. Right. And it's finite. Like, you see the number from this year to that year. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, so shame on me for not, you know, I was focused on the show. Right. And not, you know, I'm like, oh, I know I have this job. So shame on me for thinking right. that. So, um, But isn't that normal? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. And so I said, you know, they know me and... And Amy doesn't know me. She was just right. applying for a job. And so right. then a couple of, I guess maybe about a year later, they decided um, our general manager at the time called me and who hired me in the first place. Right. He was now general manager. And he um, said to me, I was really impressed with how you handled the disappointment of not getting the morning show. Right. We want to make you the anchor of the midday show. So I did that. So. And I think it was better. It was it was really cool because, you know, I had grown. I was kind yeah. of a different person. Yeah. Um, you know, I still did some reports on, um, you know, in the, the morning. five o'clock or in the morning. And, yeah. and, and then yeah. we got a new news director who wanted to start a weekend morning show because at the time we didn't have a weekend morning show. Right. And so he wanted a familiar face. And so he asked me to do it. And so I went ahead and did it. Um and it was kind of cool, even though it was weekends and it was a weekend morning. Right. It was, I was there with my own producer and, you know, like nobody else is around. So we just basically kind of did what we wanted to do. We had right. interviews. We just, yeah. we just kind of crafted that. And so All the time. it was a fun, right. It was a fun, yeah. it was a fun, wow, fun time. So, wow. yeah. And so you transitioned out of, and, and before we go to break, you, you transitioned out of that and you. You, you, which was a fluke, right? Which is a fluke, and then, <laughs> and then, I guess you can call it tragedy stuff struck, you know. Yeah. And then it kind of, and then things in life happened. And when we come back, we'll talk to Vivian King about that that instance. I've never heard the whole story. Hmm. I heard part of the story, and then I think I stepped away because I said I don't, I don't know if, and that's why it's so humbling to hear. The story. So when we come back, we want to hear what happened, why it happened. But I really want to know how you made it through. That's what I want to know because I'm gonna take it and put it in a. I'm I'm gonna put it in a in a and I'm selling it. I'm just saying. <laughs> All you got to do is look it. up, look, look up. up, and that's who did it. All right. <laughs> Traffic, sports, and weather up next. More of the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017. If you have any questions or comments for Vivian King, want to harass her, give her trouble. (laughs) Get all sorts Why of would somebody want to harass me? Mm-hmm. So, somebody said, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Somebody said that you got somebody into uh, starting a business for cookies. I did? Yeah. They said that they heard you talk about um, something. Ah, Roundies. Oh, yeah. You work for Roundies? I this person for Roundies. said, um, VK got my cookies into Roundies when I was just starting my cookie business. I'll never forget it. Uh, I think because we had, did he come, we had this um, kind of di- like this diversity fair uh-huh. event where diverse vendors could come and talk to all of our, uh, to all of our executives. That was that. I I enjoyed my I enjoyed my time around. Look at you! Look at you! Because I just you know I I wasn't thinking about leaving TV, but somebody recommended me for a job at Roundies, nice. and I just went for the interview just for kicks because I was going to be meeting with the CEO, and I liked him, and the rest is history. I worked there for eight years. All right, that's outstanding. Uh, can you do me a favor, Madam Producer? Can you check? And verify. We're just getting an update on the story of the missing girl. That's so sad. There are reports that she was found, and so we just want to confirm that. And if we do, it's party time. She's okay. Good. So we'll we'll hear about that. Uh, Rhea's going to confirm that for us. And so and so, you've done things. You worked for Roundies. You left, and then you were. Supposed was, to be at work one day, and you wasn't at work one day. Well, so so the thing is, I, I was really looking to leave, and because because I'm from St. Louis, there are you know other cities that St. I really Louis like. Ain't all, come on, now, come on. I mean, I'm just St. saying, it's a like suburb of Chicago. It's a <laughs> suburb of Kansas City. Uh, no, Milwaukee's <laughs> a suburb of Chicago. But anyway, um, but I got this this email. To say somebody wanted to network with me and my network about this job at Roundy's. And so I looked at the job description and it was a VP of community relations. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I looked at the description. I said, I could do this. I could do that. So I said, actually, I'm interested. And so that's how I ended up going to Aurora Healthcare. And it was really just what I got there in July. So in October, October 25th, I went to this Girl Scouts breakfast. Um, a friend of mine had invited me and that it was a morning and I woke up that morning. I'd had a busy week, woke up that morning, not feeling like going to a breakfast. Mm -hmm. But then I said, my friend invited me weeks ago. And since, you know, I would fill tables as well. I didn't want to disappoint her. So that's why I went ahead and went. So I jumped up, jumped in the shower didn't put my makeup on, grabbed it on the way out the door because I would do it on the way. <gasps> Not while I'm driving. 
at stoplights. That's driving. You're still operating a vehicle. Anyway, go ahead. You're stopped. <laughs> wow. But I didn't have a chance to even do that because mm-hmm. it, I went the streets and, you know, just wasn't. And all the lights turned green. Like, ugh. Exactly. No, I can't do my makeup. <laughs> so I was, if that happens, then I'll do it right. once I get to my destination. Well, I got to the hotel, parked in the garage. Got out of the car without putting on my makeup. Now, you know, a TV reporter is not about to go out in the public with no makeup on. And so that should have been the first clue. But that's how I know the episode was starting because I did not even think about putting on my makeup. I walk in. I I was conscious enough to, of course, have driven, however, whenever it started. And I got there. I, I said, you know... I was there for my friend's side in the Linfall. They were escorting me to the table. People were coming up to me. I clearly remember that. Mm-hmm. People saying, hi. I got to the table and my friend said, oh, I know you were going to sushi for last night, but you must have tied one on. She said, I just looked through her. And somebody asked me if I was okay. And I said, Yes. And then they said, we think you need something to eat. So they went to get a plate. This this event had food stations. They brought me a plate. I took one bite of sausage, and that's the last thing I clearly remember for 10 days. Wow. I was. They called the paramedics. They rushed me to Aurora Sinai, which ironically is where my office was in that complex, not at the hospital but across mm-hmm. the street. And um, I was there for about an hour before they rushed me to St. Luke's because St. Luke's has a stroke here. Right. And I was in neurological ICU for 10 days and in the hospital for a total of 32 days. And doctors basically said there was a blood clot on the left side of my brain over the part that manages your speech. Mm -hmm. It bled out. And killed all those brain cells. And so I literally couldn't talk for three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the title of the book comes, When the Words Suddenly Stopped, Finding My Voice Again After a Massive Stroke. Because I don't have um, high blood pressure. Didn't then. Right. Still don't. I don't have history of stroke in my family. I was relatively active. I'm not like a gym fanatic, but I walk. I you know, do different things. And, um, but doctors said birth control pills over the age of 40 is what caused the blood clot. And when I tell women that and would tell them, especially in the beginning, half of them said, oh, my doctor took me off birth control pills in my mid thirties saying I was too young to have a stroke. But the other half literally said, uh, I'm over 40 and I'm still taking birth control pills. And so I just felt like there wasn't enough dialogue about that fact. And, you know, one person, you know, said to me, Oh, you know, you should have known that. And I was like, well, I didn't. And a lot of other people didn't either, you know? (laughs) So people are, uh, you know, you know how people can be. <laughs> and, and so you you have the stroke, and then mm-hmm. you have to literally learn how to walk, talk, yeah. eat, care for yourself, yeah. chew bubble gum, everything. All of that. It was, you know, I was, um, I could understand things, mm-hmm. but I couldn't necessarily remember a no, lot. That's that's not a bad thing, though. It's not. <laughs> It really, it really is not because so for instance, because people always say, oh, you were a TV reporter. You must have been so frustrated not being able to talk. 
<laughs> but <laughs> I didn't even remember that I was a TV person. Right, you know, right. I didn't remember what I was At doing. At that point, that really doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And so, so how'd you make it back? How, how'd you, how'd you, what was that like? The the fight? And when we come back, I want to, I want to talk about that, that portion of recovery and the mm-hmm. book. Okay. And what, what made you decide to write a book? Yeah. Because that by itself for me is terrifying, but oh, we'll get have, into that. I, th- I think everybody has a book in them. I All right. Them. They do. Vivian King, a uh, former TMJ4 reporter. Uh, let me see. I think worked at every major corporation in Milwaukee. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to pump you up. Um, but, but now author mm-hmm. and speaker right here on the new 1017 The Truth. We'll be right back. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Our guest is Vivian King. Or should I say Vivian the Kang? <laughs> you are crazy. <laughs> and so you you went through recovery. And you right. had to do the whole so I had to do physical, physical therapy, occupational therapy, psychology, and all speech that. therapy. Wow. Not psychology. No, that I don't mean psychology. <laughs> but I will say, you know, there is a chapter in my book called What's Really on Your Mind. Right. And, you know, if if, if your mind is going a thousand ways, you know, that can, if you're under stress, whatever, you know, that can manifest itself in, in various physical ailments, too. And so you were able to come through that. How long did it take? So I I was in neurological ICU for 10 days. Mm-hmm. I was in the hospital for a total of 32 days. I was really supposed to be there for another nine days. Okay. But it's as if this one day, and I have a chapter in the book right. called God Flips the Switch. Yep. Because it really is like one day I couldn't talk, and then the next day I could talk. Right. And my mother was like, oh, you're talking. And she's like, here, let me give you your phone back. This person called, this person called, you know. And I said, okay, I'll call them back over, you know, whenever, eventually, right? Yeah. And so I started calling people back. And I remember calling, um, you know, one of my friends and who is like really kind of a no nonsense kind of a person because she had called me. And she's like, Vivian, she's just started like crying. And like I had never heard her cry. And I was like, <laughs> why are you crying? That's how clueless I was that I was like in a major well, that's situation. you didn't know that it's like uh, about a month and a half, two months later. <laughs> it, but this was still when I was in the hospital. Wow. So she she says, we just didn't know that if you were going to survive. And I was just like, what? Am I that sick? I mean, like, really? Yeah, I yeah, was surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so something moved you to decide I'm going to share this story because mm-hmm. I guess all the women you spoke to um, it's, it's not about whether you agree or disagree or support or don't support. It came down to I'm doing something that millions of women do every day. Mm-hmm. 
and it almost killed me. And, exactly. And then you found out, oh, by the way, you're not supposed to be taking those. What? Right. And people were like, oh, you should have known, you know, but yeah. some, but literally the number of women who didn't know right. and still don't know to this day right. when I speak, you know, it's just too much of a disparity. And yeah. that's why I decided to write the book because I said, okay, if somebody like me who's healthy, like I haven't had any health problems, it's like people need to know. Yeah. And hopefully they can like identify with me and, you know, learn a lesson. And some people have said, you know, I started to talk, I talked to my doctor, doctor about this as soon as I read your book. So I'm happy, you know, that it's moving people to mm-hmm. have the dialogue with their doctors. We need to really be partners with our doctors. And so many of us think, OK, you know, doctors are like God. Right. Some people think that. And, and they're not. And they're not. Right. They're human beings. Well, med- medical doctors. Medical doctors. Yes, sir. that's right. <laughs> and medical so, doctors. And so something drove you to write this book. What was that? Just wanting to have the dialogue, to get the dialogue out there mm-hmm. so that people would know the link between birth control pills and potential stroke. And so I'm a woman who is 40 years old. I'm on birth control. And now... I would say I'm not getting information, but I'm not getting information from my doctor and like like other women. Right. Mm -hmm. One doctor said, "Okay, let me prescribe them," And one doctor said, no, don't take them because you're too old. Right. How do you rectify that? Do you get a second opinion? Absolutely. You You should always get a second opinion. You should always get a second opinion. Don't be afraid to fire your doctor. Just. Yeah. Just like somebody else got fired today. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we need to we need to be partners in our health. We need to not be afraid to um, ask questions. We need to especially I'm single. And for the longest, I my fa- I had no family here. Right. My mother just recently moved here. And so, she, you know, she's with me and everything now. But you need somebody to go to the doctor with you because to to see it from a perspective you don't exactly because if if a doctor tells you you know gives you a diagnosis that's that's horrendous or disturbing whatever the case you're dealing with what that means and so somebody objective needs to be there to help you take notes etc i learned that just by you know, going to the doctor with my friend who had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, my mom at the time was was her mom was was uh, suffering from the beginning signs of Alzheimer's. And she mm-hmm. was like, she didn't even really tell her mom that she was diagnosed with cancer because wow. it wouldn't have even really made a difference. And so I went with her and I took notes and, you know, she made sure that she, you know, had all the information. Because all the stuff just kind of goes over your head. Yeah. You kinda, your eyes thinking, glaze over. You, yeah. Right. I haven't been diagnosed with cancer, but talking to her, she's like thinking, what does this mean? How, do, how long do I have? You know, all these things. Right. You're just asking all those questions and you don't, you need somebody who can, can. Be level headed and see clearly, think clearly. Exactly. And, and take notes it. for you. So you can look mm. at them later. And that's one of the things your book does. That, yeah. That's one of the things your 
your book helps women understand that process. Mm -hmm. And even going through the stressors of recognizing that, hey, you're sick. Right. But you can get better. Right. And that through God, all things are possible. Absolutely. And so. I say that faith, family, and friends mm -hmm. led me from trauma to triumph. Okay. And so why the title? When the word suddenly stopped, my words mm -hmm. just stopped all of a sudden. And so it's interesting. I had um, written an article for a Delta newsletter. Mm -hmm. I used to be on the National Information and Communications Committee. And um, another member of the committee had gone through a stroke as well, suffered a stroke. And we were writing this, this article. And, it, it, and she, we were trying to think of titles. And she said, when the word suddenly stopped. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. And so it was when the word suddenly stopped, a tale of two sorrows. And we both talked about our experience. So then when I was going through my book writing, mm -hmm. we were doing this exercise about um, coming up with different titles. And so it's, they said, put down three titles. So I had what I was originally going to call it, which I can't even remember now. <laughs> <laughs> I had one title, a second title, and a subtitle. And then they wanted a third one. And I was just like... Well, when the word suddenly stopped and then I called my friend and I said, can I borrow our um, our article, <laughs> our article headline? And she was like, sure, because at that time we didn't know when it was coming right, out because right. it was kind of delayed. And so she was like, it, yours may hit the light of day before See? our article. There you go. <laughs> and so I credit her with our with the title because she came Good. up with when the word suddenly stopped. Outstanding. Where do we find the book at? Anywhere where books are sold. Anywhere? Yes. You big like that? Well, it's it's on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble. It used to be at um, Boswell Books. Somebody told me it was at um, at Target, one of their Targets, so like around the country. So, But you can also, mm -hmm. you can also, I do have paperbacks, but I have it, it, it comes, it's in hardback, paperback, ebook, Kindle, and audio. Wow. So if someone wants a, I only have some paperbacks on me. If someone wants a paperback, they can visit my website, VivianLKing.com. You can either click on Amazon, you can click on Audible, or wow. if you want a personalized paperback. You read it, you read it for I read it. I read That's it. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's so up. So I have paperbacks. If somebody wants a paperback, I can. they can just message me on my website and I'll, All right. I'll send it to them. Vivian King, author, uh, former TV host, now queen <laughs> of radio. Of communication. <laughs> You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Make sure you grab the book. I, I hope I got an autographed copy. Can we get an yes, autographed copy? You'll get an autographed copy. Okay. I'm just not getting it today. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Tori Lowe shows up next. I'll see you in about 22 hours. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. Thank you, Rhea. Have a good night.